starting off with some yucks. Um, there's no black barbershop near me, so I'm going to be totally out of my depth for this one. <laughs> Between that and the jokes NT was telling off air that I'm trying to contain, I'm trying to keep my composure. Greetings, I'm your host, Jason Miles, and welcome to another episode of this the Revolution Podcast for all the returning listeners and subscribers. Thank y'all for coming back. To those new to the channel, welcome. Please take a moment to hit the like button. If you do enjoy what you've seen, don't forget to hit subscribe and the notification bell on your way out. Is it not suggested to it right Speaking of going all right, please welcome the female voice of reason, maybe the only voice of reason on the show, M2C Song. Hello, hello. Nice to be back with you. Um, is there something wrong with my microphone? You sound low. What? Be entertaining if I fix it. Oh. Heard any good jokes lately? Look at the chat. You need to mic check Jason. Yeah. He sounded very, very low. Uh, so he's going to work on that right now. What about now? I have no idea what, why it's low. Everything is fine on this end. So is that better? Is that better? I guess so. Sorry, I'm, I'm trying to think if it's actually better. Is there a tea in your hand? It might be you. Just talking low. Uh, they're saying it's still off. Well, you guys are just got to deal with it. There's nothing I can do about it. it says all the inputs are going to my place. You guys should have came here to Mexico to try to fix this problem before. Oh, man. You're going to have to speak up and speak clearly. Well, then I'm going to need you to go ahead and do the introduction. Okay. Jason's going to try to fix it some more. Hopefully he can. I want you to notice when he comes back, notice his uh, t-shirt and his, uh, his sweatshirt. He's representing the Bay today. 
and Oakland. Very important show today. Entertain us. I'm trying. Well, you know, this is live and I don't take it down to re-edit it, so. That is much better. It's on now. It was never off. So you say. I didn't do anything. (laughs) I wish I did something. That would have been really cool. I didn't do anything. Well, you're good now. That's never what she says. Nice. Um, This is your show, and you have nothing to say. You put this whole thing together yourself. I did put this together because there was a lot of Negro nonsense going on. (laughs) And there is a lot going on in the world of black popular culture that has become newsworthy of late. Cat Williams is still one of the most popular things on the Internet ever since his tell-all performance on Club Shay Shay. But Dave Chappelle has come out and scolded Cat for drawing ugly pictures of us. Quote unquote. In his response to Williams' popular three hour interview, is this peak Cosby for Dave? Is he showing those middle class roots? Internet food critic Keith Lee took his food tour to the San Francisco Bay Area. If you've watched this show for a while, you know West Oakland is where the show started. Oakland Kaiser is where I was born and Richmond, California is where I grew up. I love a few things in this world. My kids, my family, my TIR family, my music family, fucking up in the Bay Area. <laughs> love those things in that order. But seriously, Lee left the Bay without doing food critiques because he found the area to be too crime riddled and filled with homeless people. Lee said, quote, I truly don't believe the Bay is a place for tourists right now. The people in the Bay are just focused on surviving. The number of unhoused people living in tents and cars was shocking, to say the least. Should this critique of the Bay Area be a cause of concern or should it make us examine our parasocial relationships with Internet influencers and the corporatization of every aspect of life? And finally, we have rapper Most Def. In an interview on the Cutting Room Floor podcast, Def compared Drake's music to shopping, saying the vapidity of Drizzy's music is akin to mass consumption. Is this really a deep statement on hip-hop, Drake, or just anti-mass consumerism from a Gen Xer? Tonight, we will discuss it all. We're going to open up the phone lines in the champagne room to hear what you guys have to say about this later. I'm mad that people think this is an expensive. I didn't buy this, by the way. My son's mom bought this. So she got me to leave. So I could give you an Oaklandish hoodie if you get the fuck out. <laughs> That's not what she said. Did, you know what's funny? I didn't erase the questions from the last show. And I almost asked it to you. (laughs) Really? Oh, wow. These are the Michael Albert questions. I was like, (laughs) I 
I was like, oh, Toussaint wrote talking points. Uh, that's not it. But seriously, you have beef. You want to start off with most Def? You can start out with most Def. I need to get the video <clears throat> situated. Oh, you're going to play a video? Yeah, I want to, wanted to get people to actually hear what most Def said. Because otherwise, it, it. yeah, but he goes on. He actually goes on to say more things. So it's okay. not just old man yelling at Cloud. Mm, it's close. It's close. Someone says Michael Albert ninja questions. No, JC, each show has its own individual question document. Here it is. You want me to play it? Uh, not yet. Oh, that's not it. I'm queuing it. Okay, that's Mark Lamont Hill, by the way. It is Mark Lamont Hill. All right, I'm just gonna play it then. Okay. We're gonna have to take our Mark Mark Lamont Hill with it. Oh God. It's just a little of him. Oh, and she asked a very simple question: Is Drake hip hop? Here's what Yasin Bay said. Is Drake hip hop? Drake is pop to me. <laughs> in the sense like if I was at Target in Houston and I heard a Drake song, feels like a lot of his music is compatible with shopping. Okay. Commercial music. Or as or it's Commer- you know, shopping with an edge in certain instances. Fair. I like Drake's music, but I understand exactly what you're saying. That's how I feel about music. It's it's commercial, entertaining, fun, good, formulaic music. I feel like I'm shopping on the Upper East Side in a really nice boutique. An ambiguously colored woman that's going to help me. I'm going to leave you alone. We're going to move on. Um, She's a baddie. (laughs) (laughs) So So many products. So many skews. So many skews. Look at all these skews. So many products, so much merchandising, so oh, many barcodes. I love this mall. <laughs> Most deaf music is the soundtrack. I mean, look at this every place. They have everything in the black area of town. Everything's Where here. Like <laughs> they have everything. Oh, this is great. This is a new Drake. You hear it? It's great. Most deaf music okay. is the soundtrack to Black Soap. What happens when this thing collapses? What happens when the columns start buckling? Are we not in some early stage of that hour? Are we seeing like the collapse of the empire? Buying and selling. Where's the message that I can use? Right. You know, what's in it for audience apart from banging the pom-poms? There you go. What's it like to sit on that tower, most definitely? Tell me what that perch is like, brother. What's the view like up there? Is it a is it a wonderful view? Prester John says most deaf's Louis Vuitton performance with Saul Williams. <laughs> Prester John, I agree with you because I think most deaf is kind of if Drake is the soundtrack to suburbanite mass consumption, most deaf is the soundtrack to big city elitism. Mm. What's the difference? What if I told you their beef started way before this? 
I'd say that nothing has changed. Yeah, nothing has changed. Here's the little backstory. On June 28th, 2023, Complex invited accredited poets to read and review Drake's poetry book, Mm -hmm. Titles Ruin Everything. So they had a bunch of people come in and review it, including, let's see, the Most Deaf Fan Club. And Drake didn't appreciate that. He said, Oh, I saw something about that. Yeah, I saw that. Can you do an article now where the baddest Instagram girls in the world review my poetry? Not the most deaf fan club. Thanks. That's kind of funny. That's kind of funny. So they actually did Instagram girls to review his his poetry. To review his poetry book? First of all, what can you read a poem from it? I wish. <laughs> Do you want me to try to find one? So I talked about the thing. I talked about the things that I love in this world. One of the things that I just don't care about. Drake is like eight of the things I don't care about. Eight. I wouldn't them. know a Drake line from a hairline. I don't know anything about Drake. Never cared. One thing I think is funny is that Drake. Drake sometimes rhymes about shopping. How can so upset that it's the soundtrack to it's all consumerism I mean, it's that... all shopping it's taking baddie Why? shopping too oh is that cool i guess That's... yes oh interesting i mean why do these dudes think that hip-hop is this magical thing that is the soundtrack to this revolution like seriously why do they believe that? Because of is it because of your friends? I was gonna say is it because of your friend Rosa Clemente that flaked on us? It's not. <laughs> it's deep Hashtag never forget. <laughs> never forget. I don't remember. I think we changed the thumbnail from that so no one would even know what show that was. Well, yeah. I'm never gonna forget that. We did change the thumbnail, right? We did change the thumbnail, but we talked over the And right we thumbnail. went off. We fucking just roasted that chick. We did roast I hope her. she's watching right now. I hope I hope you're fucking watching right now. You're probably not. But I hope this gets back to you. We didn't forget. <laughs> hope this gets back to you. But seriously. Think, yes. These these cats always act as if this music in and of itself is a revolution culturally is it revolutionary okay sonically is it revolutionary okay but that's where it ends do they think it's the soundtrack to barack obama or something and if so is that a good thing like really i think it has to do with with waiting for it has to do with waiting, and that's something that people learn to do in the 70s. If I do say so myself as a person who's not born in the 70s or was not 90s, even right? around in the 70s. But, like, the 70s is when people really started waiting. For? For revolutionaries to come back. Oh, waiting for that. Okay. Isn't most deaf a revolutionary? I think it translated into waiting in all kinds of ways Hmm. and it translates into the music so there's there's waiting for singers to come back and 
looking for real hip hop to come back and looking for the revolution. Just what about Godot? How'd that work out when they were waiting for Godot? Or more modern Guffman? (laughs) When Christopher Guest and his homies were waiting for Guffman, how'd that turn out for him? You tell me. Well, seriously, like I don't understand what they're waiting for. We played a rap from 1974 from a public access channel in New York. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Is that what they're waiting for? Are they waiting for older black people in suits that look like pastors to do an electric slide type dance? I don't know. Like, what the fuck are they waiting for? There's people they're that waiting think, for. A call. Look, there's people that sing their asses off. Yeah. They had they the vocal talent that we had 30 years ago. And I know Toussaint was born in 1998. It was. I change your year every time. Every single time. People think you're 75 or 15. They won't know. And I love that. Because <laughs> you have an infectious laugh, young lady. Aww. But in all honesty, someone posted this thing that I shared on Instagram because I thought it was so hilarious of how old I am. In 1994, I was 16 years old. And they played these hits, these pop hits from 1994. And one mm-hmm. of them was, what's the dance hit? Don't, 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 at that point, if you're waiting for real blah, blah, blah to come back, we've done multiple shows on house music's roots. It is, quote unquote, mm-hmm. black music, right? Mm-hmm. What do those guys say that killed it? Hip hop. True. When we talk about innovation, there's pros and cons with innovation. The pros are you can make a record in your, in your bedroom. Billie Eilish said, I produced a whole record in my bedroom. That's awesome, right? Everybody Mm -hmm. wins. But for years, there were musicians that made a living being session guys, bouncing around, playing from record to record. You weren't going to be rich because you could pay your rent. That's gone. All these singers with these beautiful gospel voices that could sing over the top, CC Peniston, Robin S., Mariah Carey to a certain extent. Don't need you anymore. We have auto-tune. So, you know, shout out to T-Pain for doing an entire covers album. Probably one of the best covers of War Pigs I've ever heard. Ozzy Osbourne came out and said, I don't know why you guys didn't play this for me sooner. This is the most amazing cover I've ever heard. It sounds better than the original. T-Pain can sing. Mm. Yes, he can. Bang his ass off on that. We'll play it in the champagne room. We can't play it on the main show. But, uh, you know, auto-tune, you don't need a singer anymore. We can compress the hell out of you whispering into a microphone like this and and run you through higher-end pitch correction, and we're done. We don't need you to even be good, proficient at playing an instrument because we can fix it all in Pro Tools. 
Mm. And then play backing tracks for the live show if need be. So what are you waiting for? Like, I really, I really want to know what you're waiting for. There's people doing shit. There's always people doing shit. I think people are waiting for a call that the revolution is coming. <laughs> They've televised it. Quickly. <laughs> Yassine, get to live. <laughs> get to live. Get the group back. Back together. They've <laughs> televised it. <laughs> They've made it official. No white person can say the N word ever again. We've won. I think it's I think it's true. That's my controversial take on on the seventies. <laughs> but I'm just waiting for it. Yeah. Waiting for something. I think that's in the music. On January 15th, Drake responded to Yasin Bey's criticism by posting a Method Man interview on his Instagram story in which the Wu-Tang Clan legend spoke candidly about hip-hop's diversification. Hip-hop is a culture, Method Man says. It's a way of life, the way you dress, the way you talk, the way you walk, breakdance and rhyme, stage show. See, I think this is hip-hop journalism doing heavy lifting because... I found Drake posting method kind of obtuse. Like I didn't really get what his connection was. Hip hop's diversification. So you need double XL to explain it to you. <laughs> or to explain it to me. Hip hop is all Drake always been then about consumerism. has always been about what? Consumerism. To some extent. I I my understanding is there was a moment in the beginning when hip hop was with punk and there was a shot at the DIY coming over to the hip hop side because so many of the hip hop guys were trying to get certain sounds on their records that they were DIYing equipment for themselves. But as soon as they got the money, they bought, they bought the right equipment and stopped experimenting and building things for the DIY went out the window. The, the right equipment also came around in the eighties. Like, I, I don't know if that. that narrative really makes a lot of sense because 82, 83, those drum machines come out. When the TR-808 comes out, that's a game changer for a lot of people. It's a game changer for, again, session drummers. Mm-hmm. Like, again, innovation, it just, it changes things. It, it just changes things. And we have to stop acting, you know, crying about it and going, well, these I like drum machine sounds. (laughs) I think drum machine sounds are awesome. I also, as someone that still to this day makes beats off a drum machine, I also know how to play the drums. And I learned how to play the drums after because there's just a certain sound from an acoustic drum set that you can't get from a computerized drum machine that I really appreciate. There's a feel. Sometimes it Mm -hmm. feels cool when you're not, when you're recording there's a grid, right? And now with with things like Pro Tools and Logic and all these, what's called DAWs, these digital audio recording programs, you can move each sound over so it lines up precisely in a grid. So you're always hitting on time, right? Mm-hmm. And with the drum machine, when you hit the snare or the sa- snare sound you want, it's always going to, hit with that snap. A real-life drummer it's going to hit a little different each time. I'm not saying one is better or worse. Right. There's just something about the real feel 
of drums opposed to the mechanical nature of 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 a drum machine and a lot of those guys came up through this the great right. chuck d does a documentary pascal always brings this up about the origins of hip-hop being from disco even about big sound systems block party these are all disco things mm-hmm. so again i don't know what they're waiting for i don't know what the true thing is you know when most deaf dresses like grandmaster flash from 1982 then maybe i'll believe that when he's wearing shoulder pads <laughs> like them spiked leather boots and shit like that then i'll be like well i guess you figured Can it like out King Cooper? yeah if you look like yeah. if you look like the soul sonic force and a black israelite all at the same time then i guess you know i'll shut up now but is that real hip-hop well <laughs> what is real hip-hop i don't know if that's even a good question is this that real hip-hop drake says what will me say again? Let my light shine. Let my light shine, King. Don't change up now. He also goes on to call most death a bohemian bucket. Oh, bucket in Toronto slang means junkie or crackhead. Yo, fam. <laughs> You're a bohemian bucket, you fam. You're a waste man, fam. You're a waste man, fam. You make me <laughs> sick to my stomach, fam. That woman makes me want to punch, like, like get a sledgehammer and just hit myself in the testicles with it every time she talks. You should bring her back every time we talk about Drake. <laughs> every time we talk about we should have a drop button on the thing. <laughs> Your fam. You cheese me, dog. If you youth. Left your moms in the hood? The fuck is wrong with you? So weird. You drunk Mary Poppins? Fuck is wrong (laughs) with you, lady? Up talk is so weird. Are you on muscle relaxers right now, (laughs) ma'am? Toronto, where I'm from? (laughs) Okay. And there's some really great comments on here. People talk about samplers. I, I and I don't I don't want anyone to think I'm taking away from sampling technology. I'm just talking about I enjoy live drum sounds. Again, the last oh god, few things I've released as Bitter Lake, like four projects or no there's no acoustic drums. The song that starts the show is acoustic drums. That's actually those are real drums. But you know, there are some really cool sampling stuff those guys did. Pete Rock, especially. I'm a huge Pete Rock fan. Large Professor as well of what they were able to do with the short sampling time they, time they had in those old SPs and, and NPCs. And some of the guys that still use NPCs drum pads, you know, the stuff that they're able to play with their fingers is really, really cool. The patterns they're able to do. So, I mean, there's with technology comes people that freak it, you know, like I'm, I'm not trying to downplay that at all. I just, if you're waiting for this magical thing to happen, i.e., you know, bring back the real singers. It's like they were there. Nobody cared. They were no longer hip hop. Hmm. 
they were real singers, you know, from church. Remember that place? Mm. <laughs> the place you don't go to. The place you don't go to most definitely. <laughs> most definitely not going to church. But wouldn't it be funny if like most def saw this and got super mad at us? I mean, what is there to get mad about? I don't know. None See, of again, Presser John says they, w- John says they went to house music. Again, watch the house music episode. It's a it's a very interesting episode with people that were in that industry, that were producing those records at the time. And they talk about those singers. I miss those singers. Electronic music is not the same. There's a there's there's a few people I've heard in electronic music of late that actually can sing. And one of the women that do it, I, I guess she gets dissed because she's a little bigger. I'm like, are you serious? Like this is what you're dissing. <sighs> so is most deaf in the wrong, Tucson. It's most deaf in the wrong. I don't think that he is. I do wish that his critique was a little more than anti-consumerist. Because mm. people have to buy things. Mm-hmm. It doesn't address capitalism. It doesn't address no ethical consumption under capitalism. Mm-hmm. It doesn't address any of those things. People mm-hmm. have to go to Target. Not everybody can know the designer that makes those cool scarves, Yasin. Take that. Take that. You know it's really going to suck for that guy. I'm sure he goes to Target. Like, That's on. how he knows that Drake plays. Right? <laughs> I'm sure he... I'm, if he goes to Target, there's going to be somebody like, mm-hmm. I know, right? Oh, hypocrite ass. <laughs> Uppity nigra. <laughs> I, you know what? If, if you see most deaf in Target, leave him alone. Leave most deaf alone. He's just trying to do what everyone else is doing at Target. Right, and buy his tchotchkes in peace. Yeah, just trying to get flavored Oreos. That's why I go to the States to get different kinds of Oreos. Oh my gosh. You Americans have some crazy Oreo flavors. That's what we're good for. Friend of show and my good friend in real life, who I have these discussions with all the time, longtime musician Pasquale Romero, says Martha Wash was a big lady, and she sang on one of the biggest hooks in pop history. That's a fact. It is a fact. And what happened to Martha Wash? All those songs she sang on, she sang on three top 10 hits in 90 and 91. CNC Music Factory. I believe that's her singing on one of the Black Box songs. There's another group. Everybody is that That she sang on. She's the reason why the law got changed that says you have to acknowledge if somebody is singing on the, the record. We don't have to get into that history. That was on another one of our shows that we did. But <sighs> yeah, most def, why don't you uh, take Martha Wash on the road with you? Hmm? <laughs> Not that real? Will she fit in your Louis Vuitton outfit? <laughs> why don't you do a tour with CC Peniston, most def? Hmm? Why don't you have her sing a hook for you? That would be interesting. A CC well, Peniston most deaf combo. Most deaf sings his own hooks, as does Drake. Is that really where the beef lies? Who's the better rapper singer? I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> it feels I'll petty. 
it, it does feel petty, especially on Drake's side. Because, well, first of all, you don't need to call somebody a bucket. Femme. Calling people waste man, you don't need to do that. He didn't need to respond. He didn't need to be offended. But we all know Drake is a, a sensitive boy. I'll say this. I have been listening to copious amounts of Drake. That's not on purpose. That is, you're a liar. <laughs> it's it's a lot of Drake. It's for like, research for this show? I'll say yes. Yes. For research for this show. Okay. I've been listening to copious amounts of Drake. And mm-hmm. yes, he does his own hooks. He isn't even as good as he used to be. Like, this guy is sleepwalking through his music. And that's why, that's one reason why it makes good elevator target music. I mean, Pasquale is right. He goes, beef is also great for business, so you'd be foolish not to clap back if publicity is what you want. Like, If publicity is what you want. I don't, I don't think most deaf made that comment thinking that Drake was going to say anything back. And I think he was being as honest and diplomatic and then he felt comfortable. Yes. Right. We all have a little bit of fuck it in us depending on who we are. And I think he's got a good amount of that fuck it in him. Mm -hmm. He's carved out a very comfortable niche in music that I don't know too many people that have carved out a similar niche where you can literally go Hollywood He's been in several big movies. Mm-hmm. These aren't all indies he's in. And he still makes music that people would call independent, even though it's not. And he does all right. Excuse me. He doesn't do arenas at all. He does not. But that's kind of not his thing either. He's almost like how we joke about Joe Piscopo. He does a lot of things. None of them really that well. Most Def actually does a lot of things pretty well. He is one of those people. Every he's, now and then you find one. He, he's He seems very entertaining. Yeah. Without I, compromising. I think he could do five minutes of good comedy. You ask him to do a five minute set, open up a show. I'm sure he could be good. Yeah. Maybe not, you know, fall on the floor, gut busting. I've honed this joke for the last five years. Good, but right. That that guy's a good host. Yeah. He can drop a single on you. That'll make you go down as a good ass song. That's true. He can make a social statement. That'll be relevant. Mm-hmm. Remember when waterboarding and all the torture was going on in Guantanamo. And then he sat there and got waterboarded on video to show how, dehumanizing and inhumane the treatment was. I don't remember that, but okay. Uh, maybe I was the only one that watched it a million times. It was just me. Wow. Watch get him, him again. What if we get, get him, him again. again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and and he can play a good side role in a movie. Yeah, for sure. So an interesting spot to be in, and he's never compromised. No one ever says that guy's a sellout. Oh God. Him again. Ice Cube can't say the same thing. And I feel sad for about that. I think people look at Ice Cube with a fucked up eye. 
most deaf our our first introduction i'm not from new york so you've probably known him since you were you know five but <laughs> uncle most <laughs> came over you know halloween at the deaf household always gave you guys candy corn and an apple raisins <laughs> it seemed like his family give you raisins and a book <laughs> thanks a lot potato was it 96 or so when he's on the De La Soul stakes his high records at 96 that comes out sounds right and then the raucous stuff he's been around for like damn near 30 years yeah take that Kanye take that Drake you look at a guy like Ice Cube who's coming up on 40 years of relevance let's just you know say when the first NWA record is like what 88 We'll count the first record that no one knows with like 125 Negroes on the cover that no one knows. <laughs> you should pull that fucking picture up now and be like, are you tell me who these people are? You guys don't know. That's Where's Jason the Egyptian lover on this? <laughs> but Ice Cube, for a lot of people, is stuck at 19 with a jerry curl. He was never allowed to grow up. Damn. With a jerry curl. He's a 50-some-year-old man. His son is in his 30s. And he didn't have him when he was like 15. No. I believe he's been with the same woman for like 30 years. 30-some oh, years. Responsible. Yeah. But for some reason, in the minds of many, teasing him for doing family films, a man with a family, who's been a family man his whole life, is some sort of betrayal. Right. I'm like, how? Like, really? Do you really want him to be that angry still? He's got to be knocking on a billion dollars. He owns a basketball league. Say what you want about the league. He still owns it. He's made several successful motion pictures. As a producer, he can't be 18 years old with a jerry curl and and an automatic weapon posing for you anymore. He's got to grow up at some point. Do we appreciate where Ice Cube is at this part of his life? Does he feel a little conservative? He should have felt conservative when them fools was getting invited to the Republican National Conventions and shit. Remember when Easy e went when George Bush Sr. was president? True. Yeah. One-term president. But, you know, those two guys are interesting to me because they're probably some of the most visible people in hip hop, but so polarizing. Why is most deaf looked at as like this righteous cat all the time? I don't agree with everything he says. <laughs> I think the shit he said about Drake was kind of lame as fuck. Yeah. But he's supposed to be because he's got a really, you know, African looking scarf on or some shit. I got to take him more seriously than ice cube. I think he had glasses on too. <laughs> it's not like you got those two in a room they're going to disagree about a lot of stuff that's true always an important point they overwhelmingly d- agree so the the you said this earlier when we were on the phone earlier when you were like people are putting a lot of weight on what this guy said like you said some profound shit about Drake I'm like <laughs> you were very underwhelmed <laughs> I was. I, people want this this beef, quote unquote, to be something that it's just not. 
And I'm happy that most staff has not responded. Apparently, they've also brought in his wife. Most staff met some woman. I believe she was Canadian. Oh, God. He, he, he married her in three days. They consider him a simp because of that. So they don't respect him. And it's like, you want to involve people's spouses and stuff. And it's like, is the whole of Toronto as sensitive as Drake? <laughs> what did his wife do to you guys? She did absolutely nothing. That poor woman. I, I do feel if that's the case, this is ridiculous. Leave it alone. Is everyone's dream to get to like Biggie Pock level of beef that someone gets shot? Is that is that the dream? Like what I is what is the goal of these in the press arguments? I think they're afraid of that. The artists themselves. But I think that the press is even more afraid. Are they? You sense that fear. Anytime somebody disagrees with anybody, except Dame Dash, nobody listens to him. But anytime somebody agrees, disagrees with somebody, it's like, oh, we're walking on eggshells here. We don't want anybody to get killed. Do you think that's hype to sell the story? It's hype to sell the story. It's also immaturity. You look to the the quote unquote journalists to have some type of maturity and you know hold up the standards of the culture and they can't. So you put some of the blame on that very adorable young black woman who was interviewing Mustaf. She was cool. She tried to clean it up. Did she try that hard? Not that hard. She's like, I like Drake, but not that much. I'm not sticking my neck out. <laughs> yeah, I don't like him as much as you, most deaf. <laughs> most deaf is one of those. I will say this. He's one of those dudes. People really dig him. Absolutely. People really. Like, he was on GABA. He was on GABA. And those people talked about him like, oh, most deaf. Oh, my God. Most deaf Jesus Christ, fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> but his cheekbones. Yeah, I'm a hater. I'm just being a hater. <laughs> I wouldn't I would I would not turn away most deaf level attention. Put it that way. No one is trying to marry me in three days. <laughs> Unless they're trying to get some sort of citizenship. <laughs> you still got your passport? You, still got your passport. <laughs> yeah, you good. You good. <laughs> It's the only way I can get that most deaf level devotion. Someone says most is mega talented. We we have agreed that he is a talented individual. We just don't necessarily agree with that lukewarm Drake takedown that he had. Hopefully he hears this and tries to cuss us out. He probably won't. <laughs> he probably won't. He's probably going to be like, why don't you call me Yasin Bey? I'm going to, and I, we are separated by one individual, one very close individual. So on Facebook, nope, real life, LinkedIn. (laughs) (laughs) Pasquale says, well, if most deaf is listening now, he's super sad. Sorry, 
Yeah, dude, we're gonna this one person will be able. I'm not gonna say their name. They've been on the show a gajillion times, but before all of this, moving on. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Keith Look Lee. Shirt. Look at the shirt. Look at this. I gotta flex on him. So. <laughs> you don't have to flex on them. You don't. So Keith Lee, internet food critic came to Oakland and San Francisco and left, said there was too much crime and homelessness and the city needs to do something about it. The officials need to clean this up. It's not right. It's not right. And I kept seeing stuff about this and I, I didn't stop to even, I didn't know what a Keith Lee was. Yep. I got him confused with Murphy Lee. Wow. And I was like, why is the guy from Nelly's crew causing all this beef? That's crazy. About <laughs> <laughs> the guy from Nelly's crew. How did, how did he get a TikTok channel? <laughs> oh, wow. Shouldn't he be at work? That's crazy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> haven't heard that name in years why is one of the saint lunatics even talking any shit that's noteworthy <laughs> <laughs> now we have beef with most deaf and nelly yep <laughs> oh. but I I didn't I didn't know anything about this Keith Lee character, Keith Murphy Lee, Stan Lee, and the only person calling most deaf Yasin Bay is Mark Lionel. Mark Lionel, black excellence himself. When those two get together, it's like it's like fucking the Avengers. It's like Captain America and fucking Falcon. <laughs> It's like Luke Cage and Iron Fist. So Keith Lee goes to the Bay Area and he says these these things about the Bay. He goes, see, the people seem nice, but everybody's homeless and it's a piece of shit. And I'm out of here. I'm like, dude, you were in Atlanta. Like, what are you talking about? You're from Detroit. Right. Have you been to Detroit? True. From, have you been to where you're from? Are you from Detroit or Dearborn? Ooh. Been to Detroit a few times. Frightening. Frightening city. Mm. Good people. <laughs> Keith Lee left sound like Donald Trump. They were very nice people. <laughs> <laughs> but they were a little homelessy, a little broke for my taste. I like the suburbs. Mm. So Keith Lee does this thing where he apparently eats food in his car. Mm-hmm. And tells you if it's delicious or not. And when he goes to a restaurant, he sometimes can take this restaurant. They can make a lot of money after he comes there. They, you know, people line up out the door because Keith Lee went to there. Keith Lee says, excuse me, that he does not go inside the restaurants. Oh, no, no, no. He won't do it because he has social anxiety. To get ready for this show, I watched an interview with Keith. I watched a few interviews with Keith Lee, and I watched some of his channel. So he admittedly has no experience in food whatsoever. 
he said, I'm, I'm paraphrasing a little because mm-hmm. I didn't write it down because I was in such shock when he said it that I had to call you <laughs> and interrupt your day. Yeah. And wait for you to call me <laughs> like six <laughs> hours later because I was so angry. But basically, he was an MMA fighter. Mm-hmm. And you know, don't don't know why didn't work out. I'm not saying he was bad at it. Apparently, he had a winning record. I think he said he was nine and five, four and zero as an amateur. That's a very good record. And he said that he had to cut a lot of weight. And he said, as a fighter, you have to eat. As a human, you have to eat as well. But mm-hmm. he felt that because he ate or didn't eat as a fighter, that he liked food. Wanted to talk about food. And he talks about food, kind of. He talks about like chicken wing spots, taco spots. Hmm. And he does it in a real Yelpy way. So after watching a fair amount of Keith Lee reviews mm-hmm. and interviews, and I juxtapose that to Anthony Bourdain's trip to the Bay Area, mm-hmm. where he did show the blight. And part of the theme of his trip to the Bay Area was, is this new tech crowd causing the Bay to lose its personality and charm? Hmm. And part of that personality and charm that Bourdain liked as a New Yorker was the grit that he saw in cities like San Francisco and Oakland. Interesting. I originally wrote this all out. Toussaint told me not to. Write it out. Let's <laughs> say it. Keith Lee to me is like a black Forrest Gump that figured out how to monetize Yelp. Ouch. An affable charm. He gives you all the prerequisites to why you can't really judge him for the way he does the things he does, right? And then he tries to cover it all up with this almost passive aggressive Christian humbleness. He said when asked if he's a food critic, no, I'm just a vessel. Mm. Uh, for God, that is. So Keith Lee says, I'm just like everybody else. I pay for my food when I go to these restaurants and I want to be treated like everybody else. So Keith Lee goes to Atlanta, a black city. He's from a black city. Detroit's pretty chocolatey. Mm-hmm. It's been chocolatey for some time now. Yeah. Chocolatey cities are all the same to a certain degree, to a certain degree, right? Yeah. To a certain degree. If I dropped you off in Atlanta, you might not know the streets, but you're like, oh, I'm in the chocolatey side of town. I can figure this out. <laughs> I can figure this out. <laughs> okay. I drop you off in a certain part of Houston. You'd be like, I, 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 hey, figure it out, right? Mm-hmm. I've been to Atlanta several times. I'm not from Atlanta. I don't even know if I have any like friend friends in Atlanta right now, but I enjoy Atlanta. It's a big city. It's a spread out city because it's in the South, but it's not metropolitan in my opinion, like New York, Chicago, or even Houston. Mm-hmm. It's a Southern city, which is that this is its own thing for people watching the show that are from the South. You know what I'm talking about, right? So, and to say Atlanta is like to say Los Angeles. Are you really in L.A.? Are you in Inglewood? Oh, you know, are you really in Atlanta? You're in Dunwoody. Like, where are you? 
Look at that. You're in Buckhead. Right? No, really. Where are you? Ben Rogers lived in Atlanta. But he didn't live in Atlanta. You know what I mean? Right. So he goes on a Sunday for brunch at some place that's popular for brunch. I don't know what they do at this brunch place. I don't know if it's literally a five-star. It's definitely not like a Michelin-level star place. He doesn't go to those places because he says, as a vessel, this is where his message gets really convoluted. And he was doing this interview on The Breakfast Club. And if you ever want to do a big national interview where no one's going to ask you a tough question, definitely go on The Breakfast Club. Remember the Larry What'd you say? The quote-unquote journalism. Oh, horrible. 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 So Keith Lee says, I'm just a vessel. I'm not a food critic. And then he says, but I'm, I understand marketing. And I know these places don't have the ability to reach the people that I can reach with my platform. I'm a marketing guy and I can help them. But I want to be treated like any other person. I want an authentic experience. I was like, that's you're kind of all over the place. Because if I go to these places, if I walk in, I'm going to leave with bags of free food. I was like, well, they would probably want you to try all the things. Right. So you can have a well-rounded critique. If you go to the cheesesteak place that might happen to sell a burger and you really like burgers, you get a burger from the cheesesteak place and it's not all that hot. Is that a fair review of the cheesesteak place? Right. So. There's a reason why you try a lot of things. There's a reason why the chef goes, oh, you're here to review. Let me make you some of our specialties. And I'll make them in small quantities so you can try a lot of different things we do. Mm-hmm. What a novel concept. Mm-hmm. Keith Lee doesn't understand that because Keith Lee comes from the world of all. He's a younger person that grew up thinking reality television is real television. Is what do we call these shows on TV? We call there's reality television, which is scripted. Right. And then we call shows that aren't reality television scripted shows, as if there's a difference. Facts. So he's from this moment where sitting in your car and giving a Yelp review is a review of the food, but is it really a review of the food that's that's a, a review that I, I could take and use. And he goes, I'm just a regular guy. Just treat me like I'm anyone else. Well, regular guys go to the restaurant like on a date or something and or hang out with their friends and they sit down right. and eat. And that's part of the experience. That's why those people decorated it. That's why they put tables in a certain way. All that goes into the experience, Keith Lee. Right? Because well, the wait staff is a little nicer to me. All right, so you want to go there when they're really rude and busy? And Keith Lee goes, yeah, that's when I want to go there. And he does. He goes to Atlanta at the busiest time of day. And because he has social anxiety, and I'm using finger quotes because I don't really buy it, but whatever, I can't question the guy's social anxiety. (laughs) He sends his family in, and they tell his family, we're too busy. His family comes back and they go to just like a two hour wait or something like that. And then Keith Lee comes in and they go, we'll get a table for you in five minutes. He goes, well, my family was just here and they, 
they had to, to, to wait two hours. There's other people that have been waiting. And he tries to do this thing. Like he's like this man of the people. It's like, dude, if you were a man of the people and you really wanted to help out a business, do this kooky thing that food critics have been doing for some time now. Go when it's not busy. Hmm. You know, when the wait staff isn't getting yelled at or stressed, when the cooks don't have tickets flying out of the fucking machine at them, when the dishwasher isn't, you know, over his head and dishes. Right. Crazy concept. Crazy. And then sit down in there and, and eat the stuff. Learn a little bit about the city. Learn a little bit about the establishment itself. Where do these people come from? In watching the Anthony Bourdain thing, he went to places in Oakland. He went to old places that have been around forever. He went to some newer spots. They have some young people of color opening up some cool little fusion spots. All the while, he's talking to Bobby Seal because the food has a story. Exactly. He's these places have a story. I'd love being a douche and talking shit about certain cities, but that's not how I really feel about New York. I love New York. New York's a great city. It, there's parts of it that remind me of home, of the Bay Area. and That's the highest compliment you could give New York, huh? To me. Parts of it. You know, home. A better place. <laughs> walking with, who was it? It was Anders Lee, the real, the only Lee that matters. <laughs> <laughs> Anders Lee, me, you, Hannah Feldman, Ben Burgess, Cuba, friend of show, Andy William. And we're just walking all over Brooklyn looking for some fucking Chinese restaurant or something that doesn't exist that drunk ass Anders can't find. Nope. <laughs> and then what did we end up doing? We went to some bodega at some godforsaken hour, and it was such a fun experience. Like we had to do the order that way in the bodega and have them fuck up the order and <laughs> eat yeah. outside with the rats. It's an experience. I've gotten to have these experiences all over the place. So many places I've been on tour, they're like, man, we're going to take you to this blah, blah, blah spot afterwards. And da, 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 da. even the Waffle Houses, there's a story in the Waffle Houses. When you ignore all of that to just give me some middle management quarterly review of a fucking chicken wing or a hot dog combo in your fucking car, why do I give a shit about what you have to say about anything? You are a Yelp review mm. with no personality. Mm. I may not be a smart man, but I know what food is. Apparently. Apparently. But seriously, what did Yelp do for restaurants? I worked at a restaurant that Yelp killed in San Francisco. Had a couple bad Yelp reviews. It was, just, it was devastating. Wow. Yelp itself. Ended up having financial problems. Why does anyone give a shit about what Keith Lee has said on anything? Keith Lee is part of influencer culture. He is a generic billboard. He is no more a food critic than I am a karate expert because I watch ninja movies. 
You do watch a lot of ninja movies, though. I do. And you know what? I can get my ass kicked. (laughs) I love ninja movies. And much like the jokes them cats was telling last night with the nunchucks to the nuts, I would definitely castrate myself if I tried to use one of those things. I understand my limitations. Right? But not in the influencer world. And there's also an illusion of what he can actually do with his like 15 million followers or something on TikTok. Where are those people? Look, they're all over the world. True. Because most of what you do is being consumed as entertainment and not as a, gu- a food guide. And That's again, he's, he's just a billboard. This is the thing that stuck for him. And he's trying to pivot away from it now because he doesn't want to be the food guy. And he got called out on being the food guy. And this is going to dovetail into the last thing. We're going a little over. But Chad Ochocinco, Chad Johnson, mm-hmm. was hanging out with Shannon Sharp, you know, the, the most famous guy on the Internet right now because of his lack of journalistic integrity or skill when interviewing one Cat Williams. Said Keith Lee is hurting our people's businesses. And I was like, our people like black people? And Chad Johnson was like, yeah, black people. I was like, nigga, you make a living shitting on black people. Mm. <laughs> That's what you fucking do. You shit on black coaches, black players, other niggas in your family. Like, that's just what you do. <laughs> Chad. Like, why is Keith Lee any different? But he goes, what does he do to make him some sort of expert that I should listen to? And then him and Shannon Sharp had a big back and forth and, you know, Shannon Sharp just being a contrarian at that point. But there's something to be said about people that have come up in the restaurant industry. The restaurant industry is one of those industries where you can come up washing dishes and run a restaurant. Own a restaurant. Mm-hmm. My brother started as a doorman. 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 Okay. Little <laughs> Red's moment. <laughs> That's my favorite scene in that movie. You're just a doorman. And now he runs two restaurants in Marin County. Ten years younger than me. Better looking, too? Yes. <laughs> By a long shot. Jesus Christ. Wow. Oh, my God. Yeah, fuck that guy. He is married. <laughs> no baddies for him. No bad. He's married. Love my sister-in-law. You can come up the hard way still in the rest of restaurant industry. That's one of the few industries where you can do that. And you learn, you learn every aspect of that place when you come up that way. And the way you talk about it, again, if you listen to people and I hate kind of harping on Bourdain, but I I really appreciated his kind of Bay area is owed to the whole, the entirety of the Bay area. He even went so far down to the South Bay and went to one of the last Japan towns in the country. And they talked about the history of Japantown and the changing demographics of this area. How does it affect the food? Will it look this? It, these are these are interesting conversations. Right. Is the TikTok influencer going to do that? No, because that whole format is designed for you to say stuff in a minute and a half. And we should probably think about that for one second. What can we really get out in a minute and a half? True. That's almost a pause. (laughs) (laughs) 
No pause. No pause. <laughs> so, you know, I, I appreciate that level of production. You know, we don't we don't just think of something and go fuck it. You know, just bullshit on air. You know, there's a, there's a lot of we talk about this all the time. There's a lot of meetings that go into all these fucking shows and reading and research. You know, I wish I could just go pull up at a fucking you know. Wing stop and just ah, these are salty. <laughs> these are salty. <laughs> Throughout Keith Lee's interview on the Breakfast Club, and there's a shortened version of it, it's like 24 minutes long. Watch it. He keeps going, I'm just a regular guy. I'm like everybody else. Glory to God, through God, everything's through God. I'm just a regular guy. And I was like, Really? Because you know what regular guys do? They go to fucking work, Keith. You know what regular guys don't do? Drive around fucking America with their families. Just eating at different chicken joints throughout the country. How does he make money off of this? I'm assuming ad dollars or something? From his TikTok. I gotta see what a TikTok payout is like. Jesus fucking Christ. Because YouTube money sucks. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. But seriously. Nothing he does is regular guy shit. No. Not one thing. Regular guys don't go to the breakfast club to talk about the fact they talk about food for a minute and a half. Come on, dude. You're not a regular guy. Don't give me that bullshit. Mm. But moving on to the last guy, or should we save it for the champagne room or should we do it on the main show? You tell me. Can we do a little? Sure. That's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what I told her. This one I asked her. Can we still a little? It's only gonna take a minute and a half. We <laughs> can, can do the video in the champagne room. We okay. can talk a little about it here. Okay. You start. Well, Cat Williams versus everyone. Versus everyone. <laughs> It's funny because, all right, we're zeroing in on Cat Williams versus Dave Chappelle. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Dave Chappelle as part of everyone. Dave Chappelle responded to Cat Williams' comments on the the Shannon Sharp show. Club Shay Shay. Club Shay Shay. Club Shay Shay. Dave Chappelle had some things to say about it. Are you going to say what he said? Are you going to play the video? Let's play the video in the champagne room. Ooh, you're going there. But what what he said was, Cat should not have done that. Cat mm-hmm. should not have said what he said. About black people. Because he's talking about black people. Mm-hmm. White people never would have done that. No one else would have done that. Only black people. Dave Chappelle has never seen Asians roast Aquafina. Ooh. A side note before we go, Aquafina is going to be the. What do you call the person at the parade that's like the thing? They're like the parade. Yeah. What do you call them? Grand Marshal. Grand Marshal. Grand Wizard. She's going to be the Grand Wizard of the Chinatown Parade (laughs) in San Francisco, which is the biggest Chinatown in North America. She's Chinese. She played joke, yes. I believe she is. Mm-hmm. No, she is. Oh, Aquafina. 
and it was an someone had posted it something i follow on social media locally was like aquafina is the grand wizard of the chinatown parade or the chinese new year parade and so i was like what's an aquafina and then i was like oh it's that woman that is famous for some reason i don't know why she's kind of like murphy keith lee we're like why are you doing talking about you so the comments section was Mm -hmm. all asian people going oh she's so good talk with that black scent jason's favorite word Mm. i was like damn and they were roasting her and that other asian tiktok lady that says she's from Atlanta, but she says words that no black people really say. I heard of her. Like cone bread. Um, <laughs> like, who the fuck talks like that? How many how many slaves you've been hanging around with? Slaves. You got one of those JG Michael time machines? <laughs> I want to see how they really talk. Cone. It's your cone bread. <laughs> Somebody said she got them from a movie. Cause it's life. Like that. She based her whole accent off like, she goes, I'm from Atlanta. This is the way I talk. It's like, I've been to Atlanta. I've been to parts of Atlanta where I can't understand white people, and none of them sounded like you. Mm. And I've been around country-ass Asians. I've been around country Asians from South Louisiana. Now, you want to talk about, I can't understand you. Mm. Two places in the world I've been where people have spoke English to me, and I've needed subtitles. Middlesbrough in the northern part of the UK and South Louisiana. You need subtitles for some of that shit. Sitting at us at Blasians and Black Scent are Jason's favorite words. <laughs> I think they would be so disappointed if they heard my kids talk. Your kids talk like uh, anchor people. They do. No accent to be found. No accent at all. Hello, father. (laughs) Coming up, we have my brother here. (laughs) He's also going to say hello. Louisiana boat people are an accent. Dude, dude, Bay Planner knows. Two places in the world where English is is the first language. You're like, I don't. You're going to need to slow that down for me. What did you just say? I feel that way with Georgia. I can understand people. I've been in some parts of Georgia that are like, I don't think I should be here. Yeah. <laughs> I know I shouldn't be there. Right? Like, mm. and I, we can understand them, but no one sounded like that Asian woman. This, this play got cornbread. Cornbread. Why are you talking like that? <laughs> <laughs> you okay? Did you, did you have a stroke? <laughs> like, that's so weird. I have a hard enough time listening to Young Thug. <laughs> what is he saying? Daddy. Oh. <laughs> I thought he said anxiety. I we, know we, should find a, we should find a video for that. I don't know that woman's name. Someone tell us her name and we'll find a video. And we're definitely going to play it in the champagne room. Because <laughs> I want to see Tucson try to break down where this woman's accent is from. Cone. She said, I got cone bread. I was like, what? I'm afraid to be I'd like I'd be scared to bring you around my friends. Sounds scary. <laughs> Can you imagine 
bringing your Asian dude around your family and he was talking like that? That'd be weird. That'd be awesome. If you're real. <laughs> if you're real. If you're real, baby. For me. Mom, I want you to meet my boyfriend. Cone. <laughs> you got that cornbread, Mrs. Tucson. I <laughs> love it with honey and butter. <laughs> Why do you sound like you swallowed Ving Rains? <laughs> That's the first question. We have the meats. <laughs> did you just make the singular plural (laughs) why you be using all them big words mrs t in my mind that's how your imaginary asian boyfriend is going to talk my imaginary asian boyfriend (laughs) people are now writing comments tucson with the ving rings Apparently, viewers are mad. The viewer numbers are dropping because they're mad. Stay mad. Because we are having a fucking ball right now. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) So, in the champagne room, we're going to open up the phone lines. Tucson is going to play a video and scold Dave Chappelle. Scold him. For acting like Bill Cosby. Yep. Were you mad when you saw what he said? Or were you just like, oh. It's just, sometimes he, yeah, I was like, oh. <laughs> sometimes he just gets so old farty. Stuck in the mud. Bert, Bert, I didn't even know about it. Bert sent me the, the video and he goes, this nigga's showing his middle class roots. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. Someone says we need Pastor John says we need a white TIR guest to laugh inappropriately to Jason and him flee to Africa as a result. <laughs> Things that won't make me run. <laughs> white people is all of them. Jason is Denzel and Glory. <laughs> He's gonna take that whooping. He's gonna get that one tear. With the tear. Hmm. And come back in a wave cap. Oh my God. <laughs> I wish. I wish. Come back in a wave cap. I wish I had hair for a wave cap. Presser John. <laughs> now you're just being mean. Because I don't have any hair. Aww. Maybe that's why I can't get an Asian woman with a black scent. Maybe that's why. They're attracted to waves. What did, what did Cat Williams call it? A man unit. <laughs> he said the black community thought he had the sharpest lineup. You got every nigga in America thinking you got the sharpest line in Hollywood and it's a man unit. Man unit. 
<laughs> That's sticking. People are talking about man units. Didn't we show one in the champagne room? Because I didn't know what one was. One, one of the ones where they give you the fake hair. and They, they give you, they sew it, it in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Professor John said, I want prosthetic Ralph Tresvon Waits. <laughs> My ex-wife was on a plane with Ralph Tresvon, and I was such a jealous young man, and maybe hate new addition for like five years. Five years. Fuck you, Ralph T. He's a sensitivity-ass motherfucker. You need a man with sensitivity. You need a man with... I was so mad. He did the rap part himself. I was like, why are you over there grinning with that nigga? (laughs) (laughs) Jealous young man for no good reason. That's why we divorced now. You over there grinning with Ralph Tresvon. (laughs) You need a man with. (laughs) You got that stuck in my head. Thank you guys. If you enjoyed what we do here on TIR. Please don't forget to hit the like button. If you're new to the show, hit the like button. Definitely hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell so you're alerted whenever we go live. We will be back Saturday talking with people that have literally been censored for their support of Palestine. One of the people we'll be talking with, I think the main person we'll be talking with, is Teray Reed's cousin. Talking with Kim silenced for her support of Palestine. So we're going to have a very interesting conversation. And I got hit up from one of the patrons. I said, hey, one of my friends is putting together these rallies at UMass. And he's getting shut down as well. And I talked to this cat and I told, hey, can I come on? We're going to do a whole show with you guys. And you can tell us what's going on. Hmm. So Saturday morning, 9 a.m. Pacific time, going to be a good time. If you have the means and feel so inclined, want to join us for the Champagne Room for as little as $3 a month or $30 for the year, you can have access to Champagne Rooms past and present. If you are listening to the show on the audio-only podcast via Apple Podcasts, if you just hit the subscribe button, you can have access to all the champagne, not all, I would say like 25% of the Champagne Rooms. I put a lot up there. If you're an Apple subscriber, there's not enough for you. If you get through it all in a month, you're like, dude, I need more. I will upload more, I promise. That being said, that's how you get the access. You can come join us. You can enjoy the insanity, the hilarity, the good times. My favorite part, the camaraderie. And when you guys call, tell me one of your food stories. Tell me where the best place to eat is in your hometown. That if we pulled up, me in Tucson, maybe Pascal, he's feeling frisky of late, wanting to travel. We pull up in your city. Where's the first place you're taking us to go eat? I know where I'm taking you if you pull up to Mexico. Mm-hmm. So where are you taking us? Leave it in the comments. If you're a patron, call us and let us know. Also, let us know how you feel about Keith Lee and Mo Steph and Dave Chappelle, and Cat Williams, Shannon Sharp, Chad Ochocinco, and Drake. Drake. Is Drake really the type of dude? Is Drake a PDF file? <laughs> Is Drake really type? Do you remember those Drake the type of inward jokes? Oh yeah. <laughs> we will go read some of those in the champagne room, as we've hit our inward quota for the day. That the main show will let us have. Thank you guys, and we are. <laughs>